Hey y'all, it's Deidre. I just wanted to let you know, for two weeks, we are going to do some throwback episodes to Screamin' Sugar, which was the podcast that we had with Sarah. I had a couple left over we needed to use because me and Chelsea have not been able to record. So instead of leaving you empty-handed, we decided to just give you these to hold you over until we get back. Also, these are a little more explicit, so mom, and I mean my mom, don't listen. (laughs) I don't know what's on here. I'm literally just putting this up and then letting it roll. So we hope you guys enjoy. We'll be back soon and we hope you come back for a million more. Hey y'all, I'm Deidre. And I am Chelsea. And this is Scream and Sugar. Okay, y'all. So I'm going to be doing... Are you ready, kids? <laughs> I'm going to be doing... Aye, aye, Captain. I just realized I didn't... I can't hear you. <laughs> we do not own the rights. To... We, we don't own the rights to, to a damn to thing. Okay? Just... <laughs> to the Disclaimer. Ball. I'm about to put it in the show notes and just keep it so that we don't get sued. But to, anyway. To the SpongeBob theme song. Yes. So... Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson? <laughs> He's here. Okay. I can't. Okay, so this is going to be a haunting because I pretty oh. much yes, I pretty much go back and forth between the two. And well, hey, uh, it's your podcast too. You can do what you want, girl. <laughs> I just figured I'd flip-flop it, give you a little something different each time. So I'm really excited about this one because it's the Myrtle's Plantation. And some of y'all may not know about that, but... It's got a lot of good stories behind it and a lot of history behind it. So are you ready, girl? I am a writer. Okay. Do you know much about, well, you know about Myrtles. Just what you've said. Gotcha. All right. Well, here we go, girl. So. Are these all in the same, in the same place? What do you mean? Are you just going over one thing? You're just going over yeah, Myrtle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going over the plantation. Cool, 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 cool. Yes. So. <laughs> I did that at work today. What? The cool, 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 cool. Uh-huh. And I oh, was talking yeah. to Amber, and she was like, yeah, I did this, this, and that. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 like Deidre says. <laughs> cool, 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 no doubt, no doubt. So the Myrtles Plantation is a historic home and former plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. So it's about 30 miles north of Baton Rouge. So it's mm. not close to New Orleans or anything, but closer to Baton Rouge. I wonder how far it is from uh, where mom, my mom and Pippa lived. I don't know. We'll have to look at it, girl. Mm-hmm. So, it was built in 1796 by lawyer and deputy attorney general from Pennsylvania, General... 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 General David Bradford. Uh, he was famous for being a part of the Whiskey Rebellion, which was a tax protest from mm-hmm. 1791 to 1794. Whiskey? Yeah. It was a whole thing. I had a lot more about it in there, and then I realized it was going on too long but oh yeah yeah it was a thing where whiskey was becoming more prominent in america as far as like libations and alcohol and things like that so they started taxing it to pay back the money from the revolutionary war that they had spent i hate taxes that's one of the things i hate i I hate it i hate it (laughs) go to buy go to walmart just to get like a 
lip gloss and it's $3 tax. <laughs> $3 plus the nine it costs for it. I can't. The $9 chapstick. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to start buying the cheap stuff. Okay, so, yeah, it was a whole thing. But there was a funny part about it, and that was that they tried to tax the Kentuckians because obviously we've always been big on whiskey bourbon mm-hmm. and they said it was almost impossible. Like everybody was like, Oh hell no. Like you ain't <laughs> texting us. That's right. And they were like, okay, you know what? Just forget the whole thing. Like they had an army and there was a standoff and they arrested people and people ended up getting pardoned. So I'm about to tell you about the pardoning because general Bradford was one of those people. So a little history about the house and the owners. So General Bradford built Myrtles, which was then called Laurel Grove, uh, after he was banished from the United States for his involvement in the rebellion. When he fled, he left and went to... <laughs> <coughs> she didn't got choked. I don't know what happened. I just realized I read right through a damn sentence again. So, um... General Bradford built Myrtles, which was then called Laurel Grove, after he was banished from the U.S. for his involvement in the rebellion. He fled to Spanish-owned territory of West Florida, Hmm. modern-day Louisiana. I had no clue that Louisiana used to be West Florida. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, this obviously before Louisiana Purchase, but Florida was Florida before... It was even yeah. a part of America. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that either. Probably should have, but whatever. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you know I didn't know that. I just agree. <laughs> I had no clue. And then you said, but y'all didn't know that. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just. I'll yeah, go ahead and fess up. You know, <laughs> I'll you go ahead and confess. Decided to come clean. So he like was like, I got to get out of here. Left there. Because like I said, he was living in Pennsylvania with his family. And now his house is um, like a landmark and a museum that you can go and visit and everything. Mm. So, he was later pardoned by John Adams, our second president. John Adams. Mm-hmm. Because George Washington was the one who was in president when the Whiskey Rebellion happened. So, like, him and Alexander Hamilton and all these other people were the ones who started this Whiskey Rebellion. Because he was, you know, Alexander Hamilton was the treasurer. Yeah. Since you sang Alexander Hamilton, I have to shout out our good friend, Megan, because she's been listening to our podcast. Hey, Megan. Yes. I'll throw a little Hamilton in there when I can. (laughs) Okay. His wife and five children joined him there several years later. I'm just going (laughs) to... Several Several years later. His daughter, Sarah, later inherited the house after marrying Judge Clark Woodruff. See? Sarah's here. See? Well... um... Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't really our The Sarah. next <laughs> sentence I have is literally following the death of Sarah and their two of their three children. Oh, what's sad. Yeah. Two. So, out this of is a three? different Sarah. This is Sarah with an H, so it's not the same. Yeah, two out of their three children died from. Yeah, just died. Oh, okay. Right. I forgot because there's something about that. Oh, in the thing? Uh huh. Yeah. So after all that happened, he sold the property to Ruffin Sterling. Ruffin Sterling. Mm-hmm. What a name. Yes. He later expanded the house and renamed it after the nearby crepe myrtles, which is a type of Asian shrub with white, pink, or purplish petals. Hmm. So that's how it became the Myrtles Plantation. 
So it was after he got it and everything. So whenever you said shrub, I was like thinking, what is a shrub? And then it hit me like, it's like a bush. Yeah, them little bushes. Okay. Yeah. Little bush. <laughs> so. uh, see, I can't. I can't lie. I never can lie. I always end up confessing or something, or I tell on myself all the time. Honest, Chelsea. Just honest. Because I'll be like, oh, okay. Like I'll just, Love I'll just let Lord. it ride, <laughs> then <Love>. Google it. <laughs> Love my Lord. Oh my God. So, the Myrtle survived the Civil War, but it was looted of its fine furnishings and expensive accessories. By that time, the owner Sterling had died and left the plantation to his wife. She hired a man named William Winter to help manage the plantation as her lawyer and agent. Mm-hmm. William Winter went on to marry her daughter, and the family later lost their fortune in the aftermath of the war. Dang. I thought you were going to say they got together, but then you were like, got, he got with her daughter? <laughs> yeah, no, because she old. She old now. So he was like, oh, your daughter. And... um. But yeah, they lost their money because their money was tied into Confederate currency. Another thing I didn't know, which like I learned this, I'm skipping ahead in my story, but I've been to the Myrtles Plantation. I loved it. I've been watching it and stuff. So I'm just like saying stuff that I already have written down. But anyway, I didn't know that. So when we were on the tour, they were like, they lost their money. I didn't know that the Confederates and the Confederacy had their own money. So like when all that was going on, there was U.S. dollars and Confederate dollars. Hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so they had all their money in Confederate currency after, you know, the Civil War or, like, during it, and then they lost all their money. And they were forced to sell the plantation in 1868. Hmm. But they were able to buy it back two years later. So it's like, okay. Oh, the same people? Yeah. They were able to get it back. And then the next thing I had is that I've been to the plantation, but I have watched shows about the Myrtles, Mm-hmm. ever since I was a kid and before I moved back from Houston that's when I took a tour on the way to New Orleans and it's right off a of main road in St. Francisville and it's really beautiful it sits on a hill and it's built um in like the Creole cottage mm-hmm. what is <laughs> happening to me that's okay leave it in in the Creole cottage <laughs> style that like a lot of Louisiana plantations were built in <laughs> back in that time good gravy so <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> okay back in the 1850s the one and a half story house was extended and almost doubled in size it went from six bays to nine like little squares with the points oh. on the tops of the houses mm-hmm. yeah and included a new double door entrance the double door entrance has well yeah it still has it original hand-painted glass that's mm-hmm. etched and patterned after the french cross allegedly I have a story about the glass, but go ahead. Okay. It's, um, the French cross is used to allegedly ward off evil. So what's your story about glass? There was a woman, <laughs> I was in this church and there was a woman, this, you know how some churches had that stained printed stuff on their windows, the glass, mm-hmm. like, like a picture of Jesus or a cross or yeah. this had a Bible or mm-hmm. a, no, it wasn't a Bible. It was a, uh, it was a hymnal and mm-hmm. it had a song on there. And she, she was like, will you take a picture of that for me? I think that was just so neat. And she, and that guy took a picture of it. And then she gets up and she goes to get a picture of it. I guess because he didn't get a good picture. <laughs> it was so funny that she was showing her, uh, I guess her husband or whoever, 
Because it was the guy in front of her that she had asked to do it. And then she showed her husband. She was like, this one looks better. You can read every word. I said, I am done. It was so funny. She said, you know what? I'm going to just fix this real quick. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, so people back then were super superstitious. So, the, like, the French cross, you know, to ward off the evil spirits mm-hmm. right before you even step foot in the house. Then they had angels around the molding of the lights to ward off spirits. They had painted the porch and shutters haint blue, which is a soft blue-green to ward off evil spirits. Hmm. And the evil spirits are called haints. So that's why it's haint blue. It's like spirit blue. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I did research. They didn't, they may have said it, but I I mean, I can't remember. It's been. Well, I can definitely say I'm not an Albert Einstein in this episode. (laughs) Can't call you Albert this one. (laughs) After all the renovations the home had, it ended up with 22 rooms spread over two floors. The flooring and most of the windows in the house are original. The walls of the original house were removed and repositioned to create four large rooms that were used as identical ladies and gentlemen's parlors formal dining room and a game room those parlors are really pretty too like when you go on the tour you get to see the whole downstairs you don't get to go upstairs because it's there's rooms up there but you can stay there that's like one of the last sentences i tell you so surprise it's a bed and breakfast now that's why we couldn't go upstairs yeah it's been for uh for a long time now did you eat in there no but you could those rooms are really pretty and um there was a bunch of like fancy paintings and things like that in there. And I just really liked it. You weren't supposed to take pictures, but I took pictures anyway. <laughs> and I had it like down at my chest. So half of them are like my fingers in the picture. Cause Pope going to be knocking on your door next I know. couple weeks. And I'm posting some of the pictures I took in <gasps> the place. So Ooh. sorry about it. Everybody else does it. Okay. At the rear of the house is the oldest structure on the grounds. It's known as the general store. And this is where General Bradford lived while the main house was being built. Now it's where they do laundry and there's a gift shop and guest breakfast spot and uh, where the plantation offices are located. In the 1950s, the house became divided among the heirs of Harrison Milton Williams, who purchased the home in 1891. Milton. Milton. (laughs) Um, It was then sold to Marjorie Munson. She reported odd things happening around the Myrtles, which then became ghost stories. So this is kind of where the beginning of the ghost stories happened in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Another former owner, Frances Kermine Myers, and her husband, James, bought the plantation turned in in 1980 after visiting Myrtles on vacation. They were young when they bought the property and they knew a little about its history. And after living there for 10 years, left calling it the most haunted house in America. Ooh. Yeah. She even wrote a book in 2005 called The Myrtle's Plantation, The True Story of America's Most Haunted House. Hmm. Yes, I did not read that. <gasps> but didn't? No, but I As want to. As you are. I know, like I need to get it because I just need to get it. So now I'm going to go into some of the deaths and well-known hauntings of the plantation. In 1871, William Winter, which is the guy who yes. bought the house from, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, girl. <laughs> oh, girl. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, this has changed hands so many times. It's hard to, like, recap, but he's the lawyer. So he lived on the plantation. I, I tell you. I tell you right here. Just just read, Deidre. Have confidence in yourself. <laughs> he lived on the plantation after Woodruff sold it to Sterling. 
Well, he was shot and killed from a single gunshot blast on the porch of the house. <gasps> no one was convicted of the murder. So we got an unsolved oh murder my. in here. Unsolved? Mm-hmm. Yep. The story goes that he headed upstairs looking for his wife and died on the 17th <gasps> step in her arms. Where was he shot at again? In the chest. In the chest. Mm-hmm. Employees and guests have... Cl- so. Yep. Employees and guests have claimed to have heard his dying steps on the stairwell. They can hear them stop midway up the staircase. Aww. Yeah. The most well-known of the Myrtle's ghost is a slave owned by Clark and Sarah Woodruff named Chloe. According to one story, Clark Woodruff pressured or forced Chloe into being his mistress. Other versions, including the one I've heard the most, along with her being his mistress. Like, I've always heard she was the mistress. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, they act like it was... She was like, ooh, hey, but she was probably made to do it because she's a slave. So now it's like real sad now that I'm thinking about it as an adult. But as a kid, I was like, ooh. Uh-uh. But it's not ooh, it's slavery. Anyway. <laughs> slavery. <laughs> slavery. So the version I've heard about what happened was Chloe was eavesdropping to get the tea on Clark's business dealings and other stuff. So she like ear hustling. She your kind of girl. Yeah, like I would have been Chloe for sure, just getting in trouble. And she got caught, and her ear was cut off. Uh Uh-uh. And she wore a turban to hide it, which is so, like, if this is true, it's so messed up. Because, of course, there's not, like, strong documentation of all of this, but, you know, who knows? So, anyway. And the version I've heard, after being on the owner's shit list, she decided to bake a birthday cake for Clark or for one of the girls or something Mm -hmm. with extract of boiled and reduced oleander leaves which are extremely poisonous. So she was doing that so that she could nurse Clark or the kids back to health and get in their good graces. Yeah. So other versions say she poisoned them to get revenge. Either way, her plan backfired. Clark didn't eat any of the cake, but his wife and two daughters did, and they all died from the poison. So when I said Sarah and her two daughters died on the plantation... That's why, but in papers, it says it was yellow fever and all this stuff, but we don't know for sure. But according to legend, she killed them. So I'm sure that back then you don't want to put that your slave murdered your wife and two children. Like you don't have everything together. You know what I mean? So I'm sure they were like, oh, it was yellow fever. You know, who knows? Ratchet. So they say that Chloe was then supposedly hanged by the other slaves and thrown into the Mississippi River. This was to either punish her or to escape or to escape punishment by Clark for harboring her. So, you know, they either were like, listen, we can't, like, we're all about to get in trouble. And so they hung her or they were mad that she killed the children. We don't know for sure. But yeah, so that's sad. Chloe. <laughs> Chelsea's just like blinking. But yeah, Chloe's like the main story that I've always heard. It's the big one. It's the big one. Well. In 1992, the owners had pictures taken for insurance purposes. One photo showed what seemed to be a slave girl standing between the general store and the butler's pantry of the mansion. The National Geographic Explorer filming crew determined the photograph had not been tampered with and definitely contained what appeared to be the ghost of a slave girl. In the picture, you can see the horizontal boards of the mansion through the ghost who many believe to be Chloe. Ooh. 
Yes. So this is a famous picture. They even have like little postcards of it. I'm going to zoom out. I just got a cold chill. So there it is. I'm showing Chelsea. And of course, it'll be on Instagram. And that's supposed to be her? Yeah. But you can see something that is like five feet at least tall standing there. You can make out. And I got to see the actual picture when I went. And I was so excited. Oh, did you? Yes. I mean, I've been seeing that on TV forever, that picture. Yeah. And then I got to see the actual picture. So I'm just like geeking out. I mean, you got to tell. I mean, you can tell it's ghostly because the shutters. Yeah, you can see the boards through her. Yeah, you can see them. Yeah. It's crazy. There's also the ghosts of Sarah Woodruff and her children that are said to be trapped in a mirror near the staircase. Now, why the hell? I mean, why the crap are they stuck in a mirror? I'm going to tell you. Back then, people had funerals and visitations in their houses. Mm -hmm. With Southerners being very superstitious, they would cover mirrors in fear their loved ones would be trapped and not be able to pass on if a mirror wasn't covered with a cloth. Now, do you remember this? Did you see the skeleton key? I've heard this somehow. Yeah, it's like a like it's a southern superstition thing. Go watch the skeleton key. It's good. Skeleton key. But yeah, so <laughs> after the poisoning, this particular mirror was overlooked. So they had the funeral there, covered all the mirrors except this one. And they say you can see their spirits or handprints. They leave in the mirror. Hmm. Yeah, I've never. Like, there's some pictures, you know, where it's like, mm, maybe. Yeah. You know, um, but we're not for sure. You know, it's just kind of here or there. <laughs> so, there's another picture that was taken and proven it's a real photo and hasn't been photoshopped or tampered with. And this photo has a little girl who looks like she's dressed in antebellum clothing. <gasps> antebellum? Yes. So, pre-Civil War kind of clothing. And she's peering out the window. But no one knows who the girl is. They think it may be one of Sarah Woodruff's daughters. But there's that. So I'm showing her that. Ew. Mm-hmm. But there was also another little girl who died in the house when she was three of yellow fever. And this was William Winter's daughter. Like William Winter, who was murdered. It was his daughter. Um, They have her photo hanging in a parlor. So I got to see that. Uh <laughs> She looks too young to be the girl in the photo to me. Mm -hmm. On the tour, they noted that the picture looks a little odd of his little girl. Because half of the portrait was painted while she was alive and had to be finished after her death. There's also a legend about her death. Yeah, so they had started painting her, but then she died. So then they had to paint her, her body. And you can see, you can literally see, I mean, you... If you go look at it online, you may not be able to notice. But when you're looking at it, you can tell that like one side is a little lower than the other because he didn't just like exact copy it. Like he, you know, mm -hmm. you can tell her face is set it, set it. I guess you. Mm -hmm. see. Yeah. So that's really sad. But the legend about her death is that uh, the family brought in a slave from a neighboring plantation named Cleo. She was a voodoo priestess. Uh, and they brought her in to try to heal the child. And unfortunately, she died and they hung her on the property because she couldn't save her. Um, wow. Yeah. Weird. And then a few years after his daughter's death is when he was killed. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. This is the shotgun guy. So, 
A bunch of paranormal investigators have come to the Myrtles' house, including ghost hunters and ghost adventurers. And where I first saw the Myrtles on TV, most terrifying places in what America. About Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters are not, because the ghost's still here. Ghostbusters. They didn't call them. So yeah, that um, show, most terrifying places in America. I'd watch it every year. It didn't matter how many times I'd watched it, because it was the same episode. I would watch it every single year, religiously. It's one of my favorite things. So, in 2002, Unsolved Mysteries filmed an episode about the hauntings, and Robert Stack, who was the original guy who hosted the show, uh, said that the production crew experienced technical difficulties during production of the segment. So, oh, and he was a skeptic. Like, he didn't believe in ghosts or anything. So every time they were like, we got a paranormal episode, he was like, ugh, like, I don't believe in this. So, you know, he was just not about it. And even he was like, some crazy stuff was going on. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Robert Stack. And I tried to find out what that stuff was. Couldn't figure it out. Don't know. Didn't say. So some of the employees have come in contact with spirits at the mansion. One employee, Mark Leonard, the resident historian and tour guide, said he was reading a book upstairs when the bed just started shaking out of nowhere. Uh He looked up at the ceiling and the chandelier above him was completely still. That's crazy. That's when he realized it wasn't an earthquake. You know what the bed shaking reminded me of? What? Them core beds. You put them quarters in and the bed shakes. Oh my God. Vibrating beds or whatever. Yes. (laughs) I was like, quarter bed? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, it was like that. But this is one of those old beds and it was just moving. And there wasn't nothing happening. Like, just, just shaking. And he said, and, uh, okay, so on the Ghost Adventures episode... They talk to this guy and he goes up to the room and shows them where the scratches are on the floor where the bed was like moving so violently. Mm-hmm. And like literally someone would have had to take and just like jam this bed back and forth all different kinds of ways and scratch up this historic landmark floor to do that. Not And I mean, somebody it could just be from over the years if it's a lie, but if it ain't a lie, that ghost acting up. Yeah, acting a fool. What's going on? So, another lady who's worked there, Miss Hester, she's worked there for over 20 years as a tour guide, probably longer at this point, because from the article I got it from, uh, she's literally been in every single show about the Myrtles (laughs) that I've seen. So, like, I've grown up seeing Miss Hester. I know it's Miss Hester every time I see her. And I wanted to meet her, but she wasn't there when I went. So, I was really sad. I was like, where's Miss Hester? Uh, so one story from her is that she saw a husband and wife get out of their car with their little girl following behind them. And she told the couple how cute their daughter was. And they responded, we don't have any children. I knew it. <laughs> we don't have any children. She went back to look for the little girl, but she couldn't find her. As she was about to walk into the plantation to the house, she heard a little voice say, hello there. Uh-uh. See? Mm-hmm. She thought she was hearing things. And about the same time she doubted herself, she said it's like the little ghost could read her mind because she once again said, hello there. She was like, no, you heard me. Hey. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> so the current owners are John and Tita Moss. They have tons of stories, I'm sure, but this was one that I found that I liked. So they actually thought it was some kind of marketing scheme, like, oh, yeah, it's haunted, mm-hmm. you know, until 1993. And this is that story that changed things for them. 
So now I'm speaking in Tita Moss and I quote. Uh-uh. <laughs> These are Tita Moss's words. This is Dita's extra show. Yes. So she says, my youngest son, Morgan, was 10 and a half. Oh, I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> okay. My youngest son, Morgan, was 10 and a half months old and in the care of his nanny, sleeping in an antique bed with iron railings. I was in my office typing the menu for the day for our restaurant. In this Lauren Bacall raspy voice, I heard, check your baby, which Lauren Bacall is like an old actress mm-hmm. from like Marilyn Monroe days and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So she thought, no. You know, she said thinking that her mind was playing tricks on her out of pure exhaustion. So she just act. She was like, no. She didn't go check the baby? Wait. Just wait. Now. So I continued typing. No. Check your check on your baby. The raspy voice said again. Then I knew I couldn't ignore it. So I went to Morgan's room and sure enough, he wasn't there. I ran around the house yelling his name. Finally heading out the front door to the brickyard, to the brick courtyard, the brickyard, to the brick courtyard. There he was heading toward the edge of the pond. Ten and a half months old. Oh my God. How did he even get down the stairs? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was downstairs, but downstairs there's nowhere to have a baby unless they just had, unless they just had him downstairs <laughs> and like he bounced not, down the stairs. Yeah, just boom, 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 on his boom, diaper. Boom. Yeah, just sliding. She said, "I screamed Morgan and swooped him up." When I held him, a warm blanket enveloped the two of us, so real that I could feel the fabric and warmth. Then the same voice said to me, you need not worry, your family will never be harmed here. That was a transformation for me, and I truly believe the spirits here are angels here to protect us. Anytime I ever encounter them, it is for a greater purpose. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, she was like, check on your baby. What? Check on your baby. (laughs) Your baby's about to... And like, on the property, it's really not far. Like, if you're in the courtyard, it's not really far from the (laughs) courtyard to the pond. Yeah. And there's nothing around the pond. That's crazy. Yeah, like, he would have just flipped in there and drowned and nobody would have known he was in there. Mm Because it's huge. The fact that she was able to run around yelling for him in that house like yeah. it's 22 rooms and then she finally found him down there by the pond about to drown so just bad from the get-go yeah Ten just, have myself just bad just oh i'm just gonna go exploring no boo no <laughs> so their son morgan i just talked about also has his own story one night two guests returned to their room after exploring the property all afternoon the two ladies came back to their room and found their room had been turned down. Oh, no. So the sheets were pulled back and the pillows were moved from the bed. They were really upset because someone came in the well, room yeah. without their permission. Well, if somebody was in my bed sheets, I'd be mad. What do you mean? You said the bed was turned down? Yeah, like turned down like, like turned down service at like a hotel where like you just pull the sheets back so that you can just get into it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all nice and neat yeah. and stuff. So, like, nobody was in the bed. Oh, I was about to say, that's nasty. No, like, turned down <laughs> service, like, to... like folded back neatly, and the pillows were propped, whatever. So, anyway, they were like, we didn't give anybody permission to come in our room. Because mm-hmm. they're a bed and breakfast, so it's not a hotel, you know. And Morgan told them, we don't do that. We don't offer a turn down service. I was about to say, I wonder if that's just what they do. Mm-mm. No, no, they don't do that. 
and they even checked the security footage from the building's hallways, which is great that they have, I think. Because I'm like, y'all just some, some spooky stuff. There was a martyr down the street. Pull the cameras. Oh, they don't work. Or, yeah. Oh, we don't have cameras. No, they have security cameras, which I didn't know that. So I probably was uh, on camera these, <laughs> taking all them damn pictures. These are on camera snapping. <laughs> you just realize that? Yeah, yeah. Just, just now, now, I just thought about it, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> just on camera." They're like, "This girl thinks she's slick." Why can't you take pictures, though? I don't know, but they were like, "Do not take pictures of all this stuff," because I mean, I thought, you know, if I'd saw like something as old as the Declaration of Independence, no, I wouldn't take a picture of it because certain things you can't take pictures of because yeah. it'll mess it up somehow. But there wasn't anything like that, so somebody's probably going to be like, she has no respect. But, I mean, I've been watching this place my whole life, and I was as close as I was going to get to it because I was about to move back to Kentucky. So I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to take some pictures. I'm going to take pictures of this mirror. I'm going to have to take pictures of these rooms. So anyway, they so they looked at the, <laughs> the security footage that I was later on, <laughs> and they didn't see anything suspicious. Like, nobody went in their room or anything. But the bed was turned down. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Little friendly haunted, little friendly ghosts. So, Frances Kermine Myers, who I mentioned earlier, has what I think is one of the best stories I've heard from the Myrtles. And she was on a podcast called Mysterious Universe and told her story. I tried to listen to it and I couldn't because it's like you have to pay for their podcast or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I was trying to figure it out and I couldn't. So, when Frances and her husband first bought the Myrtles, she moved down alone while her husband tied up some loose ends in California. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, they were on vacation, fell in love with it, and ended up buying it from yeah. the owners or whatever. Uh, and so, Tita, the one who owns it now, bought it from, from them. Frances and them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So, while Frances and the outgoing owners before her were staying at the mansion, she heard footsteps coming up the stairs, and she didn't think anything of it at first. You know, the end was still open, but she went to bed and she turned her lights off. And when she woke up to footsteps, the light was on. Mm. So she turned it off. Her bedroom light? Yeah. Like she went to bed. She was like going to bed and she heard footsteps coming up the stairs. And she didn't think anything about it because everything was still going on as normal. She just went to bed and turned the light off. And then when she woke up to the footsteps again, the light was on in her bedroom. So she turned it off. And then she heard footsteps up the stairs again. She was about to ignore it, but then the doorknob started rattling. She called out and no one answered. Uh -uh. She was scared someone tried to enter the room. So when the coast was clear, she darted downstairs and tried to wake up the old owners. But he didn't wake up. So she took a shot or two of brandy from like the bar Uh -uh. and eventually fell asleep on the couch. Just scared. And I would have just left. But she just went to sleep on the couch downstairs. Then she woke up again, feeling like someone was watching her. She says, I looked up and standing over me was a black lady. Her head was wrapped in a green turban. Oh, Chloe. Uh I could see her hold an old fashioned tin through the candlelight and I lost it. I started screaming. Mm -hmm. I reached my hand out to touch her. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Don't do that. I was, I was typing it as I was reading it, and I was just like, like you just, I just stopped typing. That I was like, stresses, do what? Like, yeah, that did stresses I just, me out. Yeah, like did I just type this? I couldn't believe it. 
I could tell she was a ghost because she was see-through, but as my hand passed through her, she faded away. Ratchet. Yeah. It was crazy. And so we think that's probably Chloe because the green turban. Yeah. And in that picture, I don't know if you could tell, but it looks like she has something on her head. head. Mm -hmm. So y'all will see when I post it on Instagram. Insta, Insta. Yes. So like I'd been saying, the Myrtles is now a bed and breakfast. You can stay in the main house or on these wooden, in these wooden cottages that are all around the grounds. Uh I don't know if they used to be slave quarters. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to stay in there. I just want to stay in the main house. But yeah, they're all over the grounds. And behind the general store is another building. That's the restaurant. And the two buildings are connected to the main house um, with a big old brick courtyard, which is where (laughs) Morgan was crawling through. And uh, you can stay the night. Yeah. And you can do a late night ghost tour as well, which I would have done, but I was on my way to New Orleans. So we need to do that. Oh, yeah. No. A night ghost tour? Yeah, like it's a mm-hmm. late night tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we about to be doing all that. Yes. I was really, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I could stay here. But I kind of want to know. But so I, the ghost tour, you sleep there? No. You can just go on the ghost tour. It's like after dark. I want to sleep there. Let's do it. Because you can sleep there. Yeah, no, you Let's can. Let's do it. Rent a room and there's food to eat there. And how much is it? Do you know? No, but it's not like outrageous. Yeah. Like if we were just staying the night, it would, I mean, it's going to be expensive. It's at least a hundred dollars a night, but it's a famous historic mansion, but it's crazy because where everything, the way everything is set up now in modern times, whenever you're driving to get to it, it's just right off the road. I turned, I was on the street. I passed like a marathon gas station and then I turned left and I was pulling into the driveway and it was St. Myrtle's Plantation. Huh. And I thought, oh, like this is so weird yeah. that it's just right here in the middle of everything now. Because back then, you know, I think he bought like 600 some odd acres of land from this guy whenever he ran away. General Bradford. It's a lot of land. Yeah. You know, and the that plant- is a lot of land yeah and i don't think i don't know if all of it is still in possession of the original owners all the 650 acres or however many he had i don't know if they end up splitting it off or what but i'm sure they had to because i like i said there's a marathon right there unless it just went so far and then yeah it's 650 acres back like they just own half the town but yeah so that is the myrtles plantation one of my favorites. Good job, Deidre. Good job. Thank you. I love it. You're smoky. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed hearing the Myrtles. You can go stay there if you want. It's a beautiful place. Don't go without us. If you're going to go, let us know. Yeah, let somebody know. Yeah, if you go, take pictures and email them to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your pictures, but know that there are security cameras. So you will... Get caught, probably. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Go follow us on Instagram at a million murders. Email us your comments and suggestions at a million murders at gmail.com. And go to our Facebook group at a million murders. We'll be back next week. Bye.